Thanks for tuning in to the Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. This show is intended to highlight marketing and conversion techniques taught by today's leaders in the ecom world. I'll be interviewing the top marketers that are influencing the market, making an impact, scaling faster than their competitors, and doing good. I'm your host, Samir Al Kamuni, founder and CEO of Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omnichannel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. If you enjoy anything from today's episode, I highly recommend checking out fetchfunnel.com and sign up for our email newsletter where I promise to only send you content you can learn from and apply directly into your business to improve results and scale. At the end of each episode, my goal is to have you feeling inspired and fired up by learning from today's top innovators, marketers, and entrepreneurs. Let's dig into another amazing story about a unique brand crushing it and learn from their success and learnings. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to an exciting episode of Ecom Growth Leaders. I'm really excited today to bring on Maggie Edhami Boynton, who is the CEO and founder of ShopThing, which is a really interesting platform that's enabling awesome brands, influencers, and just people in general to shop in a completely unique way. Well, I guess maybe unique to some of us, but not unique to everybody. And it's something more called live shopping. Maggie, thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Samir. I'm really excited to be here. Would love to just have you kick off. Just tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us about ShopThing. Yeah, that sounds great. So ShopThing is a live shopping marketplace. Uh, And for those of you that are not familiar with live shopping, think QVC, but on mobile. And instead of having, you know, traditional trained hosts, you're actually shopping in real time with your favorite influencer. So they will be in store trying on Uh, you know, clothes, shoes, bags, whatever it is that you're looking for, uh, and you're able to engage with them. So if you see a shirt that your favorite influencer has, you can ask your favorite influencer, how does that fit? How does it feel? What is it made out of? You might notice a bag in the background and ask them, hey, I see that black bag in the background. Is that up for sale? So it's a really nice, engaging way of shopping with your favorite influencers. We like to say it's almost like shopping with your best friend in store, uh, but you actually don't have to be in store. You get to be sitting in the comfort of your own home, your car, your work, wherever you choose to shop and uh, join along on your mobile app. It, it's definitely an awesome and unique experience, right? Because you're able to you're able to ask questions, right? You're able to interact in a way that Absolutely. you can't do just in a normal, you know, just broadcast of like a normal influencer push or a normal, you know, ad ad or watching TV or anything like that, right? You can't really engage with it. You just consume it only. And so this really is is unique because it enables you to have that interaction, but then get your questions answered, right? Find out just to your point, like find out, yeah, like it, it, I feel like for me, it always increases the trust factor and things, right? Because you can really understand better, like the product, you can understand better, like what makes it unique. 
I mean, I think even that's my thing with QVC is it still feels salesy sometimes, right? Like you telling me about these amazing features of this vacuum cleaner that like, I'm like, this feels kind of staged where I feel like live shopping doesn't have that staged feeling. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> it totally does. And I will tell you, you know, that's part of the magic of our platform is, first of all, we are creating a new way of shopping for Gen Z. Gen Z, as we know, spends most of their time on their phones. They do a lot of their shopping online. Uh, they, and especially through influencers, 50% or more uh, of people have said they've bought at least one thing through an influencer, whether it was directly through the influencer or, or influenced and, and the purchase was made later on. But we know they like to buy in this way. And it is exactly because of that. It feels like a genuine, authentic experience. They're not they don't feel like a salesperson is pushing down product to them. They actually believe that this influencer is endorsing that product. And in our approach, it is exactly that. We enable our influencers to be really authentic and true to themselves to you know, post whatever speaks to them. So as an influencer, if I walk into Nordstrom, I'm not a Nordstrom salesperson. I'm just a person. And I will pick up the 20, 30, 40 things that speak to me as a person and my style. And you get to come along on that journey with me. And so because of that, we also see much higher conversion rates because it is people that love me and trust me and look to me as a style authority. And so they know when I pick up those pair of black boots, those are actually boots that I either have purchased myself or will or would in any other scenario. Um, and so it, it just comes across really genuine. And that's that's the way Gen Z wants to shop. It's true. And I, and I think it's even more than Gen Z wants to shop that way. They just don't really know it yet, potentially. But I I... I want to talk about the conversion rate optimization component because I think that that's a huge component, but I, I kind of want to come back to that because I want to, I think it would be good to back up for a second because I think for the audience, sort of no matter who you are, right? If you're a business owner, if you're a brand, if you're a marketer, or even if you're just a consumer, um, I think that it's something that you should be thinking about because really it's it's the future it, it is like it, it's it's sort of already happening if you if you don't know about it right this this form of shopping um i mean we were talking about it before we hit record but like there are other countries specifically china and, and a lot of asia that they've been doing this very heavily for a long time like the way that influencers interact with their audience using wechat and other apps like they're already doing this stuff. They're already doing sort of live shopping. It may or may not be as, you know, high quality a shop thing and may not have like the same connectors and stuff like that, right? But I think it's it's still at the end of the day, like a, a similar type of, of interaction. And I feel like us in the US, Canada, a lot of the, you know, even some of the other, you know, well-developed countries are sort of behind the ball when it, when it, gets like e-commerce, right? I think we we had a little jump start because of COVID, but like we're still in like the infant stage of e-commerce in my eyes, uh, as far as it goes in the US. So I'm I'm kind of curious, like how do you feel about that? And and yeah, where do you see some of the future of e-commerce and like what is the potential sort of for everybody involved? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, prior, even prior to the pandemic, Live shopping was a 20 billion, almost $20 billion industry in China alone. Uh, and then, you know, post pandemic, it went from 20 billion to, 
you know, this year it's estimated at 450 billion. So really massive. Obviously, it was a big accelerant for them as well. But even prior to, I mean, live shopping started in Asia in 2015. So they're well ahead of where we are. Um, there's a lot of opportunity in North America for live shopping. The way I like to liken it is I liken it to Instagram or TikTok. If you are an early adopter of the new tech, you are going to really benefit off of of, of being early. Uh, you will, you know, have tried it, you will pilot, you will have tested it, you will have learned, you will have iterated, you will have found the platform that makes most sense for you. And so you'll be off and running to the races. Whereas three years from now, if you're just hearing about live streaming, you know, you're already going to be far behind. Um, so we are in the early stages. It is the time right now for retailers to get on board, whether it's using somebody like ShopThing or there are a lot of other platforms that allow you to actually stream on your own on your own websites. Uh, there's a lot of plugins for Shopify and such. I'm, obviously, I'm very biased. I think my tool is the best. Um, but there are a lot of options that exist for uh, e-commerce retailers. Uh, and one of the biggest benefits, as you're mentioning, and again, I know you want to come back to it, but conversion is such a big differentiator between, you know, that differentiates live commerce from e-commerce. E-commerce traditional uh, conversion rates hover around two to three percent. With live commerce, you're from you're closer to ten to thirty percent, which is incredible. Like that, you know, that's a five to ten x jump. Uh, and so it really does make sense to be there. You just have to figure out how, what makes sense for your brand, how to do it the right way. Uh, and, and it's really just about trying and iterating and, and getting to the best state for you. Yeah. And, and I love the conversion rate angle and it makes perfect sense, right? Cause you're, you're, it's more engaging that, like we mentioned, the trust factor is there. You're, you know, you're able to handle so many objections that probably people don't really get on a website. Even if you have like a super in-depth FAQ on your website, which most brands don't. <laughs> so like, and to your point earlier, right? Like how does the fabric feel or how does it fit? Or like, I know, you know, a lot of people even follow certain influencers and stuff like that. Just, just based off of like the, even their body size, right? Cause they're like, I'm super petite and this influencer is super petite. Now I don't need to go and do all that research on which shirts fit me, which blouses fit me, whatever. Right. Because I trust this influencer. Cause I know that we have somewhat similar body you know, types or something like that. Right. And so I feel like that ends up playing this massive role, but then sort of benefits everybody in that sense, right. Where it's like, it benefits the brand because then they're able to really get the message out there in a better and unique way. It sort of, it benefits the influencers because they're just creating this more unique experience. But then we, the end consumers who like, you know, let's face it, we're the most important, right. We're like, we're able to really identify right like if this product is something that i want or not or fits my needs or not and and you know be able to shop in that unique way and and then you know probably kind of buy stuff that makes sense for your life instead of just buying stuff to buy stuff i don't know maybe that's probably not the right pitch but at least that's how i feel about it if that makes sense <laughs> for mean, so, sure no totally like, makes sense i will say you know when i think about e-commerce one of the things that i've I think I've coined it. I've never heard it before, but I call it catalog fatigue, where you're browsing through a site of thousands upon thousands of static images, and maybe you add 20, 30 things to your cart, but it's all very overwhelming. You know, again, you're stuck in this catalog of static images, and then you bounce. You bounce, and as a e-commerce 
marketer, you have to think about how do I re-engage them? How do I retarget them? How do I bring that person back? Let me send them dozens upon dozens of emails telling them to, hey, you forgot this in your cart and you forgot that in your cart, which, you know, those tactics work for sure. But as a consumer, that's a very daunting experience for me. What is really different about live shopping is I call it a more of a push than a pull. So we are pushing, the influencers are pushing onto the consumer things that they love and that they've curated for the consumer. And so it kind of also takes the guesswork out of shopping. You don't have to actively looking actively be looking for something. You could just be browsing and come across something that is super compelling, that you love, that you'll purchase right away instead of going through this catalog and hoping that something works and, and eventually check out. So I, I love the point that you just made and I and it makes me really think about like us as marketers love Meta's algorithms and Google's algorithms and they all sort of work in our favor, right? And they do super great job usually typically for marketers, but sometimes for end consumers, it completely goes awry, right? Where go to any mattress website, doesn't matter what it is, for the next six months, you're just only going to get served mattress ads and it's totally overwhelming. Like, I don't know which one to buy. I don't know who's better or who's not. I'm totally overwhelmed. Um, we've got a new client that is in the baby niche. And so I visited their website doing a bunch of analysis and everything like that as we do. Right. And I don't have any children, but Facebook is now convinced that I have children and I'm only being retargeted children products now. Right. And so I'm like, great. I love curated ads. I want that personalization, but like now Facebook's like broken for me for the next month until they realize that I don't have children. <laughs> so, and I guess that's what I enjoy about consuming content for like from influencers on YouTube and stuff like that, right? Just because it does feel more curated to like my interests and stuff like that. Or Instagram is another good example of that too, right? Where like, because I am following this person and I know like, hey, the stuff that they're going to be putting out, like, it's in the photography niche. It's in the biking niche. It's in the stuff that I'm interested in, whatever it is, right? And so, and then I enjoy it, right? And whether I want to buy that product or not, obviously I could still make that decision for myself, but like you feel like you're making more, um, you know, like more educated purchasing decisions at the same time, which I feel like live shopping kind of takes that to another level again, which sort of benefits the brands and the end consumers, I guess, is kind of how I keep thinking about it. Totally. It really does. And one of the things that we work on every day is educating the brands on why live shopping. Obviously, the conversion rates are very compelling. So, you know, that on its own is great. Um, the second point is we're reaching a demographic that most brands can't reach, which is Gen Z, because this is the way they want to consume content and they don't want to feel like, you know, they're being sold that same product by X brand on their website. Um, and they do feel like it is a safer space that they're not being served ads all the time. Uh, so, I mean, we hear it a lot from our customers. It feels really genuine, really authentic. It's really a big part of our platform. And, and one of the things that we are very, um, we care a lot about, very protective of is that it always comes across very authentic, uh, and very true to the influencer because otherwise we'll, we'll lose that spin and we will lose the customer and it'll no longer feel that way. And I, I kind of think about that when I think about something like Facebook and Meta and uh, and Instagram, a lot of people have moved towards TikTok because they feel like that is a more genuine experience versus Facebook with their ads. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense. So, I mean, I'm, I'm curious for brands out there, marketers out there, like, 
how do you recommend them getting started like in the live shopping space? Like how do you, yeah. I mean, how do you recommend them maybe dipping their toes in it? You know, whether they're big or small, I'm sure they kind of want to test the waters a bit to see if it makes sense for their brand. Like how do you, yeah. How do you, how would you recommend them getting started? Yeah. I would say first know what your objective is. So build out an objective. Is it Who are you reaching? Is it the same audience? Is it a different audience? Are you trying to sell? Are you working on awareness? Like what is the objective of why you want to do live shopping? Is it just a distribution channel for you? Because that's going to change the way you approach it and how you market it. So I'd say that's the first thing that you should should think about. And then there are a lot of platforms that exist um, that you could, as I mentioned, you can hop on, put them, you know, you can run your own live stream with your own influencers, with your own salespeople, however you want that to happen on your own website. Uh, And then I would say, I would say, try it and be consistent about it. It's not going to happen in one day. Your audience has to uh, get used to it, understand it, be educated on how it works and what you're doing. Uh, So I would say be consistent. And it doesn't have to be something you do every day. Maybe it's a series that you do once a week. We do a live shopping whatever it is, and see how it works. And then don't be afraid to try different platforms. So we've had a lot of brands that are on our marketplace that have tried other platforms on their own, multiple. Their brands are platform agnostic. They want to sell. They don't really care about anything else, which is fair. Uh, and they'll go with the one that sells best for them. And I've, we've had brands that have used other platforms that haven't worked and come to our marketplace. And maybe we have the audience for them and the other ones didn't. So it's really just about... I think right now, while we're still early, it's about trial and error. Figure out what works, try everything, you know, have it be consistent, make the right investments, and then make it a priority if it's something you want to do. I wouldn't just try it for the sake of trying it. Uh, I would really build out a strategy for it and, and move forward. Yeah, that that's awesome because... I mean, we preach testing on this podcast pretty much every episode and how important it is <laughs> should always be testing and, and iterating. Um, but I think the consistency is another huge piece. And I, I couldn't agree more right? because you don't know if it works or not just based off of one or, or two times. Right. Same thing with influencer marketing. You could have gotten five bad influencers the first time you tried influencer marketing and decided influencer marketing is not good for my business when you were one influencer away from just having this big success or getting the best content that just works so well for your brand or for your ads or something like that. So yeah, I mean, it, it makes sense. I'm I'm curious if there's like a, a, I guess like because it is so live, right? And because it is, you know, sort of instant and live is there is there any like downsides to that right is that is it something where like that content may or may not really live on you know past that you know push like and and if so right because because it's sort of similar in influencer marketing right is that influencer makes that one push or makes that you know makes that mention like how can the brand then capitalize on it sort of post live experience or like post live stream yeah. yeah, really, really, really good question. Um, so I would say, you know, there are definitely downsides to it being live and then not being live anymore and it, the event having ended. There are obviously some upsides to that as well. Biggest downside that we struggle with every day is we can't SEO any of our content because it lives for 20, and, and we're actually different. Most live platforms only live on for that live. So it might be a two hour live and then it's gone. 
we are 24 hours. So our lives live on for 24 hours. But after 24 hours, I can't, that product is gone. There's, it's no, it's not SEOable. Um, so from that perspective, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a hurdle, but I will say on the other side of that, having an event that only lives for a certain amount of time drives higher impulse purchases, a little bit of exclusivity. So you can tie promotion around it, which works really well. That's what they do in Asia is, Hey, today only for this 24 hour event, you're getting 20% off. So very, also very similar to QVC. Uh, and that leads to higher conversion because of that impulse purchase. Um, and you can also, what I have seen that a lot of brands have done really well is you can save that live and then post it to your website, your social, your wherever, you know, that's free real estate for you. Use it as marketing fodder. Uh, and then that will drive other views that will also help with the awareness. If it's something that you're going to do on a weekly basis, if it becomes a series, you can have the past ones exist so that people can at least know what they're walking into or see what was featured before. Yeah, that's awesome. I like that a lot. And, and, and encourage like your audience to reach out too. like just, right. Like if they, if they didn't get their question answered or they missed, you know, that, that live that they, you know, wanted to watch, but life happens to all of us, right? Like, and it, you knew maybe there was a product that they were going to talk about that you had questions. Like, I think it's good for the brand and the influencer to both encourage people to reach out to them because the influencer can get more engagement wherever it is. Like, hey, message me on Instagram or comment on my Instagram post that I made about this or whatever. It can boost their engagement, but then also the brand too, right? Like we want to be able to communicate with brands. Like it's the brands that don't have good customer service or don't have a way to communicate with them that sort of struggle in this day and age. And, and you can say you're a small brand too. I think that's super important that we, you know, we kind of touch upon on some episode, but like think say that, be proud of that, right? Yeah. Be like, Hey, we're, we're a three person team. We might take 72 hours to get back to your inquiry, but like we will, we promise. And it's important to us, right? But like it's okay to have humility. We all appreciate that. Um, no, but I, but I, I like that where, you know, you still can do repurpose that content though. Like, and, and I like that idea because you still, you know, you can utilize it, take segments from it, repost it other places. I like that. It's um, great content. Yeah. And, and so I guess like, are there, I guess like the age old question that brands always ask us every time we pitch them something new, right. Is sort of like, does this make sense for my brand? And does this make sense for my business? Like, do you feel as like any product-based business can do live shopping or do you see that there are certain ones that are definitely going to perform better than others and it doesn't make sense for some or is it maybe their target market too, right? Like if they're in the 50 plus, tar if they're target, you know, we got one client that only is, is, and they've been on the podcast previously, but like they only cater to 55 plus year old women in the makeup world, right? And that's it. Is it not for them because it's more of the Gen Z? I'm, I'm curious, you know, how, how you, yeah, how you pitch that, I guess, to, to clients and brands. You know, you and I were talking before the podcast about how this really is the future of e-com. And just, you know, with that in mind, because I actually do believe, obviously, that this is the future of e-commerce, I don't think it doesn't make sense for every brand. Like, it makes sense for every single brand. And I will tell you in Asia... This is crazy, but they sell pancakes, phones, clothing, makeup, houses, 
cars, rocket launches, like things that you didn't even think were sellable, they are selling in the live format. So as long as you can build an audience around it, our audience right now is Gen Z, um, but we do also service millennials and boomers. And so, you know, we don't just cater to Gen Z. It's just they prefer this format a little bit more than the other um, generations do. But I think that as live commerce grows in North America, so will, you know, the breadth of who we're reaching. And at that point, you should be able to sell everything and anything in this way. Love it. Good pitch. So I'm also curious, maybe just because it's another hot topic of discussion these days is sort of like, hey, given that the cookies are going to be disappearing potentially in the near future and, you know, online privacy is, you know, is is not really, you know, is is like so important. Right. And And I guess like what challenges do you think that you know, poses, but then also like, how do you think that live shopping potentially even overcomes a lot of these challenges? Because I could sort of see it overcoming actually a lot of these things, right? Where you might not have direct attribution, but you still have like some really killer attribution at the same time, right? Yeah, I will say uh, the end of the cookie era is a big pain in my, you know what? Uh, our hack in the last year has like tripled or quadrupled or five times. Like it's insanity, which I'm sure all marketers are feeling. For us, the way we think about it is, okay, that way of reaching our customers, like very specifically targeting our customers that allowed us to acquire customers so cost effectively is now gone. That's our new reality. How do we evolve beyond that? I know a lot of brands have gone back to the old ways of like sending you know, direct mailers and TV ads and all those things. For us, it's about content creation. We're really big on social. So how do we get back to our roots of content creation? We've hired a lot of content creators specifically, specifically for TikTok, specifically for Instagram, to put out really, really good content that will organically bring people in um, and just allow us to kind of go viral in a different way because it's becoming increasingly more expensive. I think as marketers, we just have to be more creative. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, I think we're less, we're less hard hit than a direct to consumer brand uh, because we have this content that is very viral and shareable and limited time events and things that, that really drive a lot of urgency. Uh, but I think even for direct to consumer brands, it's really just about how are you, how do you get more creative with, the way that you're reaching your consumers and creating really good content uh, to get to them. And, and that might be via influencers, which is great. Um, and it might be via your own team that builds content. Uh, but we, we can't rely on Facebook anymore to reach, you know, Ashley, who's 26 <laughs> and lives in Utah. We have to, we have to get a little more creative. Yep. Yeah. It's like you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head, right? It's like brands are reverting to old school instead of accepting new school ways of doing marketing, which don't get me wrong. Old school work can work, right? Like, like my REI, my Patagonia magazine that I get every year, right? I, I always go through that no matter what, right? It's great, but, uh, but they do it in a good way, right? It's not, they're not selling any products in that magazine whatsoever, right? Um, it will make sense no, for I mean, some but it's not going to make sense for all brands. And again, you have to know who your consumer is. My consumer 
is not going to open up an in-mail flyer. They likely live with their parents or they're in a dorm or whatever it is. So that's not the way we reach them, but we reach them in a very organic way by creating content. Love it. So I guess like, what advice would you give to other founders and, and, and other businesses out there that are sort of trying to break through some, you know, next ceiling revenue marks, right? 5 million, 10 million, 20 million, you name it. Yeah. What, 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 what would be, what, yeah. What would be some advice that you would give them? I mean, those are really hard barriers to break through. Uh, I would say, and I think I've said a lot of this already is uh, one trial and error. So try everything. Um, we do a lot of this with our marketing is we call, I call it the spray and pray. We try 20 different tactics. And if five of them hit, we'll take those five and lean really heavily on those and see what happens until they stop working. And then we'll go back to the drawing board. I think you have to do a lot of that, especially when we, when you're looking for hyper growth. Um, and then I think it's, it's just about knowing the trends, the marketing trends, understanding your consumer and being where they are. It's so important to be where they are. Uh, and if you can't be really agile and adapt and change your business model with new iOS regulations and cookies and such like that, then you're not going to be able to ever, uh, you know, break through those ceilings. You just have to be really adaptable and be able to change. And live shopping is one of those ways. If, if it's a new trend that, you know, is going to increase your business and take you from 4 million to five to six or whatever, then that's something that you should probably try. You heard it here first. You should uh, definitely try live, live shopping, but definitely, yeah, I, I, I think every, I definitely urge everyone to be trying new things, right? Like get out of your comfort zone. I think that's a big one, right? Like we all need to do that. Um, I need to do that. We all need to do that. And so, yeah. And I think it relates to anything, right? It, it's not even like a, a new marketing technique, like maybe even just the way that you market or the message that you're pushing or, yeah, anything, right? Like I think we're we get so so comfortable in like, hey, this works. It's it worked in the past, you know, or it was working. And and I think that that's a big one, right? Like where so many of our clients will say like, hey, well that worked on Instagram Stories. Put it on TikTok. It's gonna crush it. And we're like, no, 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 no. It's not the same thing. We need this other style, this other format. And I think it's the same with live shopping, right? You shouldn't look at it as like, hey, this has worked. Like. Leverage what's worked for you for sure. Anything that's worked, you know, especially influencers, if you've worked with them in the past or anything like that, places that you've seen success, whether that's messages or products or anything like that, you can certainly leverage that, but don't look at it the same way, right? It's it's a unique, it's a unique channel, it's a unique strategy. Like, and and I would urge you to look at the competitors out there that are doing a really good job of it, right? Look at the brands that are doing really unique things. Right. Like, and, and I think that that's the most important thing, like, and just thinking outside the box. I mean, it's like the silly, what was the, what was the Super Bowl ad? The coin, was it Coinbase, like the QR code, right? Like, yeah. the, right. Like it just, that's the most silly thing ever, but like, it's yeah. Thinking outside of the box, I think is, is a big one because I think in, especially in the live shopping, if you're going to be the first one in America to start selling llamas on live shopping, <laughs> you're going to have to think about how to tackle that in a very unique way. But to your point, they're probably already doing it in China. So we can be able to figure out how to do that here. <laughs> they're definitely already selling llamas in China live shopping. Uh, and we can figure out a way to do it. 
And I think that you're bang on with what you're saying. As a e-commerce, as any brand, really, if you're not A-B testing, you're doing something wrong. Test everything. You got it. Um, lastly, anything that you're reading lately that you recommend? Oh, my goodness. I read a lot. Um, I'm currently reading Peter Thiel, Zero to One. Excellent. Would recommend that to all. Uh, this is also a marketing podcast, so I would say there's a bunch of growth marketing books that are really good. Uh, Blitzscaling is really good. There's a ton. I could probably go on and on and on forever. I love business books. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for the time. I encourage everybody to check out shopthing.com. You could download the app on iOS. Uh, they're doing some really cool things as well through Instagram, but check out the website. If you're a brand and you're crushing it, reach out to Maggie. See if see if they're willing to let you into their super high quality exclusive platform. But yeah, Maggie, I really appreciate all the insight and, and expertise that you've shared today. That's awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Samir. Samir El Kamuni here. Thank you so much for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders podcast. If you are a successful brand that is crushing it and would like to be on this program, please visit go.ecomgrowthleaders.com/podcast-guest. If you got something out of this interview, please share this episode on social media. Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on social. Ecom Growth Leaders is sponsored by Fetch and Funnel, a performance marketing agency specializing in omni-channel media buying, creative production, and conversion optimization. 
We've partnered with 100 plus brands and generated over 500 million for clients using our trademarked Fetch and Funnel method. We have tons of content over our, at our blog, fetchfunnel.com slash blog, and also some amazing eBooks like How to Crush Your Competitors and How to Produce High Converting Creative. Thanks again for listening to Ecom Growth Leaders. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and it means a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, fetchfunnel.com, or follow us on social. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.